So, so I think they nailed it. Do you think they nailed it? I'm so grateful to Ben and Betsy and the rest of our staff over there, our, our kids, what an amazing job they did, their parents and other leaders. I'm just uh, so grateful for them. And it's so fitting that uh, we make this night about this story. It's what Christmas is really about. I'm all for the gifts. Anybody going to open some here in the next 24 hours? Some of us will. I'm all for the trimmings and the lights and certainly uh, this time of year, every year in my entire life has been one that I've looked forward to. But um, we need to make sure that Christ stays in Christmas, that his story uh, is the story that we tell. I hope you fit it into your family's uh, traditions. As, as our kids were growing up, we'd uh, always uh, read the story and, and they'd act it out. They're very dramatic. And uh, we had a little white cockapoo, AJ. He was the sheep every year. Uh, I grew up in a, in a different kind of house. Uh, I had a I love my dad, but uh, he was a little different from me, very uh, straight-laced, very uh, particular, super clean. And so we had this long list of things that we had to do before we could open our presents on Christmas. We had to uh, wake up, make our beds every morning. Uh, we had to get dressed. I had to come downstairs and eat uh, breakfast with my family. Uh, always Fruit Loops, by the way. Fruit Loops, Christmas tradition, tradition for almost, I don't know, 50 years. Uh, and I'm stopping this year. This is my, I'm not going to do Fruit Loops this year because I just found out there's no food in Fruit Loops. I didn't know that. Uh, but we had to eat breakfast and then uh, uh, we would gather in the living room. Uh, there would be a, a big tree and, uh, and next to the tree was my dad's chair. Does anybody uh, remember their dad having his chair? My dad had his chair and my dad would sit down in his chair and he'd grab his Bible. This isn't it, but uh, he had a green one and uh, uh, he would grab his huge cup of coffee. Is anybody able to close their eyes and be transported back in time and actually be in a place? I can do that with my dad reading the Christmas story. I can hear his breathing. I can smell his breath halitosis and coffee. It's just not a good combo. <laughs> but he would uh, intermittently, you know, uh, go back and forth, be taking uh, sips of his coffee and then reading the Christmas story. I'm eight years old. I'm trying to get to the presence. And so I'm going to confess this to you. I wasn't really interested in the story of Jesus at that moment, but I listened dutifully. I had no other choice as he read Matthew and Luke and went into the you know, obscure prophets that predicted the coming of the Messiah. I mean, he read it all. It felt like he read the whole book. But he'd always end here in this particular passage that Mickey and Travis started for us that the kids and uh, the, the adults in the video uh, displayed for us, the story of the shepherds. Uh, in verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, it says, in the same region there were shepherds there outside of Bethlehem out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night and, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. My dad would lean into this part. And he said, uh, uh, they were filled with great fear. And he would say they were sore afraid. They were so scared. They uh, were in pain. And the angel said to these scared shepherds that night, he said, Fear not. Did you know that's the most, Travis talked about this last week when he was preaching. It's the most often uh, used phrase in all of scripture, fear not. Doesn't surprise me. We humans, we get kind of scared sometimes, right? He says, fear not for behold, I will bring you, or I do bring you uh, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And then he describes the news. For, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord, three titles, Savior, Christ, or in the Hebrew, Mashiach, Messiah, 
and Lord. He's born this night. My dad would finish by telling us about the shepherds looking at each other and saying, we've got to go and see, and, and them going and seeing and, and then rejoicing as they left uh, in the glory of God and, and in the birth of his son here on earth. Uh, like I said, I wasn't really interested in that story when I was hearing it at the age of eight before presence. But I've got to be honest with you. It's now one of my favorite portions of all of Scripture. Like that one verse where the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Now, to me, that's, that's the summary of Christmas right there, that we need not fear because there's good news that brings great joy. But it's not just the summary of Christmas. It's, a, it's, it's the summary of the Christian existence, of the Christian faith and life that many of us here live. Good news, great joy for all people everywhere. The good news is, is the part that many of us in, in this room have embraced for ourselves. It's the, uh, the good news that Jesus has come to earth. That's what Christmas is all about. The Son of God has arrived as predicted by the many prophets in the Old Testament. The Messiah has come. He's not come to be this governing, governing ruler. He hasn't come to be a, 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 you know, a conquering general. He's come to be a, a carpenter's son, to grow up in anonymity, uh, and to be the savior of the nation of Israel and of all nations in a different way. He's come so that he might live a perfect life and in living a perfect life become a perfect sacrifice suitable for all mankind to be forgiven of their sins. So here's the story of the Bible. It starts with creation and soon after creation, mankind, the greatest of God's creations, uh, the, 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 the creation that is created in his image decides to go against God and sin enters into the world. And when sin enters into the world, uh, it's impossible for those of us, all of us, to, who are, or are bereft with sin and weighed down by sin to get rid of the effects of sin on our own. The Bible tells us in Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that uh, the wages of sin is death, and that's why Jesus was born. He was born so that he might die and become the stand-in, the, the sacrifice that we uh, are required to give for our own sins. Instead of giving it ourselves, we get to look to him and his work on the cross and have faith in what he's done. It didn't stop there, though. He didn't just die. He rose again from the grave. It tells us in, in, in the, the scriptures that on Easter Sunday, uh, Jesus um, broke through the grip of death. And so it is through Christ this, that we have this good news that, that we can be forgiven of our sins through his perfect life and perfect sacrifice, that we can live forever with him because of his resurrection, his conquering of death. You know, uh, uh, this, this world has, off, you know, many people celebrate Christmas and have no idea that that's what it's about. Uh, some of you have been coming here uh, Christmas Eves for many years now, hanging out with the family that you come to visit or uh, watching online if that's the case tonight. And uh, you've heard this story over again. M many of you maybe even grew up in this story and have left it because you went to college and you met a professor who's way smarter than God and told you he doesn't exist. And, uh, you know, you're kind of falling in for that stuff. But, but here's the deal. If I could do one thing for you uh, those of you who have yet to receive this good news, it would be to invite you like the angel invited the shepherds to come and see this Jesus. 
the Son of God who has come for the sake of mankind. Meet him like I've met him. Know him like I've known him. Let him change you like he's changed me. I love that one verse because the angel says, fear not, for I bring you good news. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on. He says, I bring you good news of what? Of great joy. We've been talking about joy this whole month here at church. And joy is one of these things that we think we understand, but I wonder if we actually do, especially in terms of how the Bible describes it. We think of, of joy often in our culture as an enjoyment. Like you ever asked to someone, did you enjoy yourself? Uh, we, we equivalent or, or quip, whatever we, we see, joy, we see joy as, as enjoying and being happy. Enjoyment's different from joy. Enjoyment is basically being happy with happenings. Like we're all going to go, you know, most of us, we're going to go open presents and maybe we'll feel happy about what we find. I hope you are William, but I hope you get something you like. I especially enjoy watching people open gifts that I've given them. Anybody into that now? wasn't when I was a kid, but now I am. I get great satisfaction. I feel happy when in my happening, someone else is happy around me. And that's enjoyment. But joy is, is deeper than just enjoyment. In fact, joy can happen when we're not happy. When our happenings aren't producing positive things in our lives. Joy is this, this deep-seated spiritual gift that comes from God when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. See, the Bible's clear that when we put our faith in Jesus, he indwells us. His spirit comes and sets up camp inside of us. And part of the download is his fruit. And the fruit is love. Anybody want to guess what the next one is? Joy and peace and patience. And the list goes on. So joy is, is a part of us if we are in Christ. But it's like so many of the other things that we have in, in life with Jesus. We can choose to live in it or live without it. We can face towards it and walk uh, in, in step with it or, or we can ignore it. It's like uh, the flame that uh, the apostle Paul talked to his, oh, how do I, oh, that, hang on. That's the one. It's like the flame that the apostle Paul told his friend Timothy uh, to, to fan, uh, to, to pay attention to. The, fl the flame uh, that was his, as Paul put his hands upon him, as he received Christ, he received the joy, as David calls it, the joy of his salvation. But so many things can happen in life that extinguish the joy that we have in Christ. We need to choose it every day. So um, whenever everything in life kind of goes crazy, pandemics, economic woes, uh, political divides, just general craziness. 2020? Yeah. We can either walk through these things with joy in our hearts or we can allow those things to pull us from the joy that God wants to give us. I heard a preacher say this week that joy isn't rooted in the things that we will receive or even in the things we currently have. It's rooted in the things that we will never lose regardless of what happens in life. That's a short list. Everybody gets that, right? Like we learned that from the Grinch. <laughs> Anybody seen that show? Some of you grew up watching Jim Carrey. That's the, that's the diminished Grinch. The true Grinch is the cartoon. Anybody with me? You have to be a certain age. But there was a time where, uh, you know, you couldn't just pull your phone out and watch whatever you want from all time. 
you had to actually, you know, schedule out when the shows at Christmas were going to be on and you had to be in front of the TV or you would miss it. And I remember watching The Grinch the first time. This green guy lives up on this hill. He's looking down at all the Who's in Whoville, right? And he's miserable. He wants them to be miserable too. So he gets this idea that he's going to steal Christmas. He goes down in town in the middle of the night. And you know this. If anybody's seen it? And he, he steals everything. He takes the trees, the trimmings, the beast and the feast. Uh, he takes all of the presents. A little, if, thank you, firewood. Thank you. I haven't thought of the firewood, but you're right. He even took the firewood. And he takes it back up the hill. I can't remember what the dog's name was. Anybody remember the dog? It's, it's who? Max? Yeah, when you all say it together, it sounds like, Nah! So he goes up the hill with Max, and he waits. Doesn't he wait? He waits for all the who's in Whoville to wake up on Christmas morning and to start crying and weeping and wailing and being miserable with him. But what happens? They sing. They get out in the center of town, and they hold hands, and they do this a lot. Has anybody seen the show? It's just this for like an hour. And they sing, Lamo Dorme, Lamo. I don't even know what language that is. Lamo Dorme. And they're just as joyful as they can be. And the Grinch's heart, which was two sizes too small, grows and busts out of his chest and he heads back down the hill and they all celebrate. And I know this isn't a Christian show, I know, but it carries with it the heart of Christian joy because Christian joy is not tied up in what we have or don't have, what we will receive or won't receive. It's not about our happiness and our happenings. Christian joy is rooted in the things that we cannot lose and the Bible lists them in lots of different places. But let me share you my favorite spot. It says this, in the book of Lamentations, which is a book about laments, it's all bad news in Lamentations. It's poems, five of them, about the destruction of Jerusalem and other horrible things that happened in the history of Israel. But in the middle of the book of Lamentations are these two verses. That talk about the things that we who are in Christ cannot lose. It says in Lamentations that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That's something you cannot lose. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You can run from him, deny he exists, but his love for you is sure. And it will not fail. His mercies are new every morning. You may not recognize them. You may deny that they're from him, but his mercies to you are guaranteed. It's something you can't lose. Great is his faithfulness. He never taps out on us, even as we tap out on him. So, recognizing those things that we cannot lose. I pray, if you are in Christ, that you walk from this place to your Christmas traditions. Have fun mindful of what Christmas is all about. It's about good news and great joy for all people. I think that's all I wanted to say to you. Let me pray. Lord, uh, thank you for this chance to just talk tonight about your son. Uh, thanks for sending him to earth and in sending him to earth, giving us given us this opportunity to be reconnected to you uh, through faith in him. Uh, Father, I am so grateful 
to know Jesus and to have him in my life. Uh, I'm grateful that many here in this room uh, can say that as well. For those who can't, I pray that they would, like the shepherds, be drawn to your son and leave praising your name and glorifying you as a result. For those of us who do know you, God, would you help us to live in the joy that you've given us? May we be tethered to the unshakable truths of your scripture, the things that we cannot lose. You love us, your mercies are new every morning, and you are always faithful. Give us that this Christmas, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We've traditionally closed our service singing Silent Night. Usually we pass out these uh, battery-operated candles. You know, they go down the rows. Anybody been here for that? Not happening, COVID. Yeah. Uh, so um, what I'd love for you to do, though, is uh, we're going to go to the concert tonight. Everybody grab your phone. Most of us have the uh, flashlight app. And uh, so that's going to be our candle. Everybody with me? Oh, some of you are. That's great. And so we're going to stand and we're going to sing this song about a silent night, a holy night, a song about God's heavenly peace. I pray it's yours as we sing. Stand with me as we do. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child,
May God grant you his peace in this Christmas season on behalf of myself and the staff and the elders here at Bay Life Church. We just want to wish you one, two, three. Merry Christmas. And God bless you.